All right, good to see you back tonight. Please open up your Bibles, if you would, and turn with me to the book of 2 Samuel tonight. I uh, will pick back up in Genesis, Lord willing, next Sunday night, if the Lord permits. Had this message on my heart for a while, and just looking for the opportunity and the green light to be able to preach it and teach it to you. I got this thought uh, one time uh, just a few months ago when we had our last uh, uh, seniors fellowship and the Lord gave me some thoughts about, uh, and the title of the message is three things we must never lose. Three things we must never lose. And this is to believers. And so I want you to turn with me to Second Samuel chapter 19. Look with me in verse number 31. Here we're going to pick up in the story here in the history uh, that is given to us in the Bible about a man by the name of Borzillai. Now, his name actually means Iron Man. And the Word of God says that uh, when David was uh, having some issues with his son Absalom and there was a division and David had to leave the capital and really kind of run for his life for a while and hide out, well, it was a dangerous thing to identify yourself uh, with David at that time. Absalom was king for a while. And, uh, and, and so if you were a threat to Absalom, he was going to take your life. And Barzillai made a choice. And what a blessing it is when you've got men who are unafraid to identify themselves with the correct political leadership in your country, regardless of the cost. I mean, it's a shame nowadays. You, can, you have to be careful where you wear a, uh, a Make America Great Again ball cap. Somebody's liable to take a baseball bat to you in certain parts of the country just by identifying with somebody who is conservative. And that's a real shame. But here we have a man by the name of Barzillai. And by the way, he's 80 years of age and he's already set in his ways. And he's made up his mind that he's not going to change his mind who he is for. He doesn't do this. He doesn't wet his finger and put it up in the air and see which way the wind is blowing to determine who he's going to stand with. What a blessing that is. Barzillai in verse 31, the scripture says this about him. And Barzillai the Gileadite came down from Rogelim and went over Jordan with the king to conduct him over Jordan. What he's doing now, he's helping David go back to Jerusalem because uh, uh, Absalom uh, is dead and uh, so David is being returned back to the capital. Verse number 32 says, Now Basilei was a very aged man, even four score years old. That's 80. And he had provided the king of sustenance while he lay at Mahanim, for he was a very great man. And the king said unto Barzillai, and this is basically what David is saying, he said, look, you helped me when I was in the bind, and now I'm going back to the throne. And he says, and I want, you took care of me, now I want to take care of you. He said, now, I want you to come and live with me the rest of your days uh, at the capital." And so, verse 33 says, And the king said unto Barzillai, Come thou over with me, and I will feed thee with me in Jerusalem. Man, sitting at the king's table. That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? Sitting at the king's table. Not have to worry about retirement for the rest of your days. Verse 34, And Barzillai said unto the king, How long have I to live that I should go up with the king unto Jerusalem? I'd say that's dealing with reality, wouldn't you? Okay, he said, I'm 80 years of age. How much longer am I going to live? Especially back in those days. 
He said, I am this day fourscore years old, and can I discern between good and evil? Can they, thy servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? Wherefore then should thy servant be yet a burden unto my lord the king? Thy servant will go a little way over Jordan with the king, and why should the king recompense me with such a reward? That thy servant, I pray thee, turn back again, that I may die in mine own city and be buried by the grave of my father and of my mother. This seems to be a normal thing. As men get older and they retire, they seem to want to move back. Maybe they went somewhere and made a living, but they seem to want to move back where they came from and kind of die around their families. That seems to be a a natural thing that men do. And the Bible says, But behold, thy servant, Jim Ham, let him go over with my lord the king, and do to him what shall seem good unto thee. I want to focus on uh, some things here that Borzillai began to lose in his life. And I want you to see how I think it impacted David. And David later wrote in the Psalms that there were three things as long as he lived that he was not going to give up and he was not going to lose. As long as he could breathe and as long as he was alive, there were three things he was not going to stop doing. And I think he saw this here in Barzillia as he was 80 years of age and he confessed these things that he was beginning to lose. For example, look in verse 35. One of the things he says, he said, my mind is beginning to slip just a little bit. My mind is beginning to slip just a little bit. 80 years of age, it might slip. I admire some folks that are 80 years of age and men, they are just as sharp mentally as attack, you know, and it says because some of us don't have to wait till we get 70 or 80 for that to begin to happen, amen, uh, something happened uh, a few months ago, I went home after church and and there happened, just happened to be a little bit of ice cream in the refrigerator and so I decided that I was going to eat some of it after church on a Sunday night and Cindy had already gone to bed and so I did and I, I like to you know, I, I like to heat my, I don't like my ice cream hard, rock hard. Some people do. I like mine soft. And so I put it in the microwave, heated up a little bit, and uh, and ate it and, you know, just went on to bed later. And I got up the next morning, and Cindy was up, and she said, can I ask you a question? I said, what is it? She said, why is there ice cream in the microwave? I had put the box of ice cream that was left in the microwave when I was done instead of back in the refrigerator. That's not funny. Yeah. And so anyway, I, now Brother brother Elsie, when I had told this to the seniors, Brother Elsie came up with the idea that possibly Cindy may have slipped in there in the morning behind my back and done that and blamed that on me. And I like the idea, to be honest with you. But honestly, that my, my mind just, uh, you know, I don't know. It just slipped right there. And I'm just saying that sometimes, you know, that it does happen. I remember Sister Osborne used to tell me the same joke over and over. And I knew her mind was slipping just a little bit, you know. And uh, she said that, she said, she'd always tell me this one. She said, have you heard this joke? And I'd say, well, tell me anyway. <laughs> just tell me. And she said, this old lady went to see the doctor. And the doctor asked her, do you believe in the hereafter? And she said, yes, doctor. When I go in from one room to the next room, I stop and ask myself, what am I in here after? And it happens when you get old. Dirt. The scripture says here in verse number 35, 
I appreciate the fact when people do get older, they admit that they are not what they once was. It's okay. It's all right. Verse 35 says, I am this day four score years old. Can I discern between good and evil? He said, can thy servant taste what I eat or what I drink? So what is he losing? His taste buds are fading, right? His taste buds, he's losing his ability to taste food the way that he once did. Then he said this. He said, can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? So what is he losing now? His hearing. His hearing. And I'm going to tell you, that's, that's a hard thing on a man when, or a woman when they begin to not be able to hear the way that they once said it can be agitating, be aggravating, that's for sure. Um, my wife says that I have selective hearing. You know what I mean by that, don't you? Okay. Just want to make sure you got that, all right? But the scripture says, he said, I, can I hear that? So he's saying to him, basically, you know, that uh, I'm losing these things. I'm losing these things. But you know, his attitude was that I just don't want to be a burden to anybody anymore. He said, I don't want to be a burden to you. He said, I just want to, and I appreciate the attitude. I, I want to have that attitude when I get older. I don't want to be a burden to my family. Man, I hope the Lord will just let me step, take one step out of this place and take another step right into the next place. Wouldn't that be awesome if the Lord let us do that? But sometimes He doesn't do that. Sometimes He doesn't do that. And there's reasons for that. Sometimes there's opportunities. But I don't want, I don't want to get off on that subject tonight. I want to deal with what He is losing. And I think that as David was restored and time moved on, and can I say that time moves on regardless of whether you're a king or whether you're a pauper? Time moves on. Whether you're a great man or not a great man, time is not going to stand still for you. You are going to get older if you live. It doesn't stand still for any of us. And one thing that I heard one time at uh, Brother Bearfield's uh, Bible conference is that uh, there was a pastor there, and he was trying to help older pastors, and he said there are two things that all of us need to remember as you get older. And I've said this before, is that as you get older, you're going to face two things for sure. One will be diminishing wealth, and the other one will be deteriorating health. And that's true for most of us as we get older. And so we have to plan for that as best we can. But especially when it comes to stepping over in the next world, you need to be ready to meet God. So many of us have made preparations on this side of the grave, but you need to make preparations for the other side of the grave. But as David, I think, began to get older, do you remember the passage of Scripture? I think it might be in Second Kings around chapter 1 or chapter 2, when David now is uh, on his deathbed, and he calls his son in, and he, and he says to Solomon, he says, you know, uh, I want." that's that famous statement where he says, I want you to show yourself to be a man. I love that passage of Scripture. I show yourself to be a man. And then he gives him some an outline of what he considers a man to be. And it's a great passage. But David is there, and he's and they had tried to get him warm, and and and, and tried to uh, try to keep him alive. And he realizes that hey, you you can't help me anymore. He said, "Well, I've got my mind. I'm going to bring my son in here, and I'm going to talk to him. And I think you ought to do that. I think you ought to do that." But I want you to turn with me to the Book of Psalms because as David wrote these Psalms under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I want to show you three things that I believe. You know, I think David thought this. Turn with me to Psalm 63. Psalm 63, this is a very simple message, but i tell you what, I want this in my life, and I hope that you do too. Psalm 63, 
three simple things that you must not lose. Now, I'm not going to lose my salvation. I thank God for that. I didn't save myself. I can't keep myself saved. It's a gift of God. Eternal life is a gift. And so the scripture teach, teaches us in Psalm 63. I think that as David was uh, getting older in his writings and as time passed, you'll see this bleeding through in some of his statements as he got older. And I think he was thinking, you know, I may lose my sharpness of mind. I may lose my taste buds. I might lose my hearing. And I might even lose my strength. He said, but as long as I live, he wrote in the psalm that as long as I live and as long as I can breathe, there are three things that I will not stop. And there are three things in your life that you cannot allow people to take away from you. And circumstances in life must not rob you of these three things. I want you to look with me in Psalm 63 in verse number 1. Now I'm going to outline it simply for you. But, but, but the thought is what I want you to get. The Bible says in 63 verse 1, it says, O God, Thou art my God. You know, we sang this morning, our God reigns. That our God needs to be your God. You need to be able to say, my God reigns. Amen. Thou art my God, early will I seek thee. Well, that lost most badness right there. Amen. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. He said, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Turn with me to Psalm 146 and look with me in verse number 2. He says, I will not lose my shout. And there I mean the word praise. Let's use the word shout, but I do mean not necessarily the noise, but the effort to praise the Lord. Look in Psalm 146, the first part, uh, verse 1, and the first part of verse number 2. He said, praise you the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul, while I live, will I praise the Lord. Look in Psalm 145. Look at that carefully there with me. If you Do you agree that to rejoice is a choice? Is it? Yes, it is. To rejoice is a choice because God is immutable. He does not change. Now, your bank account can change. If that's what causes you to rejoice, then it's going to go up. And it's going to go down. Your health will go up and down. Your family circumstances will change. But God is immutable. He does not change. And I'm here to tell you that He is worthy to be praised regardless of the mood that you might be in tonight or the mood that you wake up in the morning God is worth, worthy to be praised. And you're not, listen, you're not, a, you're not a hypocrite for lifting up your hand toward heaven and saying what is true to God about God 
even if you don't feel it at that moment. Look what he says here in Psalm 145. Look at this. He says, I, verse 1, I will extol thee, my God. Is that a choice? He said, I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee. And I will praise thy name forever and ever. This man is committed to praising the Lord. Why? Well, verse 3 says, because he's great. (laughs) He said, great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. And his greatness, by the way, he said, is unsearchable. He said, one generation shall praise thy works to another. That means that the older generation here tonight is responsible not to lose their shout. And that they are to pass this on to the younger generation that is in this room tonight. It is the adult at the table that should have something to say by way of praise before the children raise their hands. Those children should learn that from us about praising the Lord. Notice what he says. Verse 4, one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. And verse 5, he said, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty. How about that? Verse 6, men shall speak of the might of, thy, of, the might, of the might of thy terrible acts and I will declare thy greatness. I think David's got his mind made up. And I love this right here. The reason why he does it in verse number 8, he says, the Lord is gracious. Do you agree with that? Is that going to change tomorrow? So it's okay for you to get up in the morning regardless of your circumstances and say, Lord, I want to thank you this morning. I want to praise you for being so gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. Boy, I'm so glad he's like that. Verse 9, the Lord is good to all. Now sometimes people don't recognize how good God's been to them. There'll be people that even will accuse you of not being good to them, but that's not the problem. The problem is they don't acknowledge how good you have been to them. Look in verse 17. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. Verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him, to all that call upon Him in truth. Look in verse 21. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord that all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. Psalm 147 verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is comely. He is worthy. Do you hear me tonight? Don't lose your shout. Don't stop, ever stop, praising God. You know what I don't want to do as I get older? I don't want to become a bitter old Baptist. I don't want somebody to bump into me and sip from a bitter cup. I don't want that. I don't want to poison anybody. My God is worthy to be praised. And I hope that I'll keep that praise on my lips till Jesus comes or I die. Second thing I want you to notice that David said that he will do for as long as he lives. Look in verse, now you're already in Psalm 147, 
But it says there in verse 1, he said, Praise you the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto God. Now, you know, praises sometimes can be what? They can be sung. And now don't lose your shout and don't lose your song. Look in Psalm 146 and verse 2. Look at this. He said, While I live, will I praise the Lord? I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. He said, I'm not going to lose my song. I'm not going to do it. Now, I need you to turn over to Psalm 104 because I love this passage right here. I love what he says right here. This is awesome. Psalm 104, and look in verse number 33. I love this. And David, hey, listen, it does not matter if you do not sing well. Do you understand this? You're not trying to try out for America's Got Talent. You're singing unto the Lord. And the scripture says in verse 33, he says, I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. I think he had his mind made up. I'll tell you something that'll happen to you. Now listen, we've got a, we've got a songbook full of great songs. And those songs fit at the different moments, moods, and seasons that you go through from day to day and week to week, week, month to month, and year to year. People whose hearts have been broken have taken a pen and written down those songs and put a tune to them so that the saints of God would be able to sing along with them and praise the Lord in song. We love to sing that song, It Is Well. With my soul. Man, hasn't that blessed thousands and thousands of people over the hundreds of thousands, millions over the years? But boy, it came out of tragedy. And that man, when he knew that he had lost his family, and when they showed him on the ship there where, where that ship went down, that he lost his family and took that pen and pinned it down, out of a broken heart came a song of praise unto God. I don't know that I'm that spiritual, but I sure do like singing his song. About those things. Whatever my lot. Whatever my lot. I want to be able to sing. It is well with my soul. You know there was a. There is a guy that. I, I don't know if he's still alive or not. But when I, back in the 70's. When I got saved. He was pretty popular. And his name was Squire Parson. And he used to sing a lot of good songs. About the cross and about the Lord. And he wrote a song. Because people were accusing him sometimes of of just being a showboat and just entertaining. And so he wrote a song entitled, I Sing Because. I Sing Because. And he says, I sing because there is an empty grave. I sing because there is a power that saves. I sing because His grace is real to me. He said, I sing because I'm not alone. And I sing because someday... I'm going home where I shall sing throughout eternity. And so I'm just getting warmed up. Amen. People ought to hear you singing in the shower. Amen. I mean, let her rip. Practice in the shower. I mean, listen, if, if it's that bad, somebody in your family, throw a cup of cold water over in that, over there. That'll change their tune. Amen. 
And the reason I think about that is because my wife used to do that to me from time to time when we first got married, but I broke her of that, amen? I just, I just got a bigger cup, amen? <laughs> and I'm just saying that you need to sing unto the Lord. Listen, don't come in here on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and, and the song leader have to pull a song out of you. So, Brother Rogers, sometimes my heart is heavy. Hey, listen, I understand that. That's why we like to sing that song day by day. Isn't that a great song? Day by day. There are songs that are meant for the heavy heart. That'll help you. And I'm just saying, don't lose your song. Don't stop singing about the Lord. All right, look with me in Psalm 116, and I'm done tonight. Psalm 116, look with me in verse number 1 and verse number 2. This, these psalms really, really speak to my heart. I don't want to lose, number one, my shout. And number two, I don't want to lose my song. And number three, I don't want to lose my supplications, my prayer life. I don't want to stop asking God, Brother Lauren. I don't want to stop talking to God. I don't want to get to where that I am so sideways and so sour that I don't have a good relationship with God that we can just I can just sit down before Him or kneel down before Him and talk to Him. Look in Psalm 116, verse 1. I love the Lord. Can you say that sincerely? Can you say that tonight? Hey, say it out loud with me in this psalm. I love the Lord. All right? But then he said, I'm going to tell you why I do. He said, because He hath heard my voice and my supplication. Some of the greatest memories I have, Brother Mark, is when nobody knew what was going on and I talked to my father in my prayer closet and my father heard me and he answered my prayer and he answered it speedily. And, I, and there's no other explanation other than God did it. I mean, what an awesome, awesome thing it is when you know that heaven has heard your voice. It, it'll just get you going. And listen, God cares about what's going on in your life. If He cares about the sparrow that falls to the ground, He cares about you. Look what He says. I love the Lord because He hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Do you understand tonight that there may be a time of when your mind begins to slip? Your hearing might go bad. Your taste buds might begin to fail. But I'm here to tell you that there are three things that you must never lose. As you get older... You continue to praise the Lord. And you continue to sing your songs about the, about Zion. And you keep your prayer life. You keep talking to God and you keep asking God for things. You, and, and, and listen, the word supplication is not even for yourself. The word supplication is praying for others. And if you have asked God for something for yourself and God answered it, would you pray for me too? Would you pray for me too? Boy, if I could get all of you to pray for me 
And, and if God hears me and then God hears you, man, I'm in great shape. Do you understand? And he says, you know what? I'm going to call on God as long, as long, as long as I live. Never stop calling upon the Lord. Never stop casting your care upon Him. Never stop praying for other people. Let me show you one more verse and then we'll pray and go to the house. Turn with me to Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter 4. Yes, time is going to roll on. And yes, your health may fail and your wealth may disappear. I don't know. But I know this, God is still worthy to be praised. And I know that you can still have a song on your heart. I've watched Sister Osborne get old. She's in her 90s now. Now that she's in a nursing home and COVID-19 has come along, not able to visit with her. But I've seen her even in the nursing home with some other older ladies. And while they were whining and murmuring and complaining, she was the same sweet, spirited, gracious, thankful woman that I saw sitting here on the church pew. She refused to allow her circumstances to rob her of her praise and of her song. And I counted on her praying for me. Look at Philippians 4. The Bible says this. He says in verse number 4, he said, Rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. Does your version say that? If it does, man, throw it away and get you a real Bible. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer. Now that's me asking God for me, Brother, Brother Lewis. I'm asking God to help me with my, my burdens. But then he says prayer and supplication. Supplication is when you're asking God for someone else. And he said, do it with thanksgiving. There's that, word, there's that praise and thankfulness. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I'm, I'm convinced, if he keeps your heart and mind, you'll be praising him, and you'll be singing unto the Lord. You'll be singing unto the Lord. I don't know in my singing unto the Lord when I'm by myself or around some other people. People have told me, you know, that's not how that song goes. And I tell them I wasn't singing it to you and I wasn't singing it for you. And the Lord said he liked it. So, zip it. Amen. Ephesians 6, look what he said. Oh, you don't have to turn there. I just want to read you a passage of Scripture. He says, praying always. Isn't that good? Praying always. With all prayer. And then he said, and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And that's you continuing to talk to God no matter what. Where else are you going to go? I mean, if you really, your heart's really heavy, whether you're 16 or whether you're 60 or whether you're 90. By the way, by the time you get to 90, you ought, ought to be convinced God listens. Yeah. 
And God answers. And God can help. And He can answer prayer. Man, I could give you some serious testimonies of the goodness of God in mine and Cindy's life of answering prayer and speedily. And I hope that you'll always write them down. Because when you get discouraged, I think, Brother Scott, this is how David, when his men and him came back one day from a battle and they looked toward the house and there was smoke coming up from the house and when they got there, their wives and children were gone. The enemy had come in and taken everything. And the scripture says those mighty men that would have died for David the day before that were getting together and saying, I think we ought to kill him because we're in this mess because of him. And the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And when I'm discouraged, and listen, depression can be very real. And it can come without warning like fog. And this is where that God has given you a will. And that's why David said in Psalm 1, and by the way, when David wrote some of the Psalms, he admitted there were times when he was depressed. But he also told you what he did about it. And this is where that you're going to have to follow these things that David said, as long as I live. You're not going to take my shout. I'm going to keep praising the Lord. He's worthy. And did David make a mess out of things sometimes? Oh, man, did he. But I'm going to tell you something about David. He knew how to get right. He knew how to confess. He blamed no one. And he asked God to forgive him. And he said, as long as I live, I'm going to talk to God, I'm going to praise God, and I'm going to sing about God. Let me ask you to do the same. When you get here on Wednesday night, who knows what's going to happen between now and Wednesday. We may not even be able to be here Wednesday. I don't know. But the next time you come together, why don't you ask yourself tonight, have I lost my shout? I'm not talking about you standing up and making a lot of noise here in the assembly. I'm talking about praise coming from your lips as an evening sacrifice unto God. I'm talking about you. If you're nervous about raising your hands in the assembly, would you practice at home? When you're in the shower while you're singing, lift your hands right there, all right? While you're in the shower, learn how to lift your hands. It means something to God. I don't know what it means to Him, but it means something to Him. Praise Him and then sing to Him. If you don't know all the song, sing what you know. Make up the rest. But let it be good stuff that you make up. Amen? And if you need help with that, I'll help you make up some songs. Man, I can do it. (laughs) And then learn how to talk to God. Just keep talking to Him until you step over on the other side. I think like Enoch. I like to walk with God one day and I'll just be gone. And I I think He was talking to God when God took Him. I sure would like that. Amen. All right, let's bow our heads in prayer. I'm going to ask you tonight, have you lost your shout? Have you lost your song? Do you sing anymore? Does anybody hear you humming? Anybody hear you singing under your breath? Don't lose that.
That is a major, major, major sign something's wrong. Don't lose your prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the East River Baptist Church. Would you bless our men and women tonight? Thank you for how they've listened and responded. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would make these truths real to them. And, oh God, I know the Holy Spirit. He loves psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. He loves for us to make melody in our hearts unto you. Not only is he the Holy Spirit, he's the singing spirit. And one day we shall sing throughout eternity about the Lamb of God. Lord, I pray that you'd help our people and encourage them tonight. Help them, to, help them Lord, to, to forgive. Help them to move on and to get their joy back. And Lord, we just ask you to do it for Christ's sake and for their sakes. In Jesus' holy name, amen.